You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Liz Susong, you are a legend. And you are my guest today on the Bride Chiller Podcast. People are going, that's not a very good introduction, as usual. But I'll tell you why Why lovely Liz is a legend. Because she is a founder, a feminist, a creator, and an all-round rad chick. Welcome to the show, Liz. You're going to explain who you are, I'm sure. Wow. <laughs> Best introduction I've ever gotten. Thank you. Please. Please. No, Liz, you created, uh, co-created, Catalyst. One of the best wedding, well, best wedding websites slash magazines slash media conglomerates. You're not a conglomerate. That's wrong. But you're a powerhouse. And I'm very, very delighted to be sharing this time with you. If people don't know what Catalyst is, where did it come from and who are you? Yeah, so Catalyst is definitely multifaceted. Mm. Um, I would say we are a mission-based media company. Um, which sounds- That's nicer than a conglomerate that I just called you, like a Murdoch. Well, it sounds a little goofy coming out of my mouth. I never thought I would say I founded a media company, but uh, <laughs> what did I like it become? <laughs> so yeah, we we started the company in 2014, and it was essentially just because I got married and I felt a, a bit complicated about that whole experience because I had just graduated with a master's degree in gender studies. Um, Mm. So I had this like critical consciousness and then I spent a bunch of energy planning this like dream Pinterest wedding. Um, And yeah, so that was a bit bizarre. And I found another like-minded person who shared those complicated feelings around weddings, who was a wedding Mm -hmm. photographer, Carly Romeo. Um, who also had a background in women's studies. And she and I met on the internet, of course. And of course. <laughs> one thing led to another, and we actually planned a workshop, which we called Unconvention, which took place in Richmond, Virginia. And we just invited people who... We were, we beat around the bush a little bit about our politics, but we, I think we used coded words like down-to-earth and diverse, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um as a call to folks to come together and we spent the day kind of having more critical conversations. We did a lot of like really nice community building. We had like a amazing dinner and cocktails and we styled a shoot with a same sex couple, which was sort of our way of being a little bit more overt. And as the day went on, we started being a little more open and throwing out the word feminist now and again. And uh, we found that it was really well-received and that people were really hungry for more critical dialogue in the wedding industry and also to have, like, supportive actual community of like-minded people. So from there, we decided we wanted to reach people outside of Virginia and we uh, launched a magazine, which is a very silly thing to do and I would not recommend it, but... Um, (laughs) and we just uh, published our fourth volume um, which I'm very very proud of and has been very well received Um, I think it's the first wedding magazine with a transgender couple on the front cover so our our politics have really evolved from being kind of you know for down-to-earth brides (laughs) to being really overtly intersectional feminist uh, publication and we share 
stories of people whose uh, perspectives are often completely invisible in wedding media. And it's a way to both increase representation of those couples in wedding media and also to create a space for understanding um, that you might come to to hear a story from someone who you might not have ever had the opportunity to meet in real life and you get a real kind of glimpse into what it might be like to walk in someone else's shoes. I, you know, when I first started to look at um, your media, social media posts and stuff, I felt a sense of relief that you were out there, to be honest, because I think there's a burden on a lot of wedding bloggers and wedding media to go, well, you can't be, <laughs> you can't be everything to everyone, but you hope that you can provide some positive, valuable advice and information along the way. So, you know, I think what you do is if it's providing sort of different outcomes and different viewpoints that a lot of people, as you said, would never have even considered in their life. If they're living somewhere that they've never met a transgender person or they've never considered how that would happen, who plays what in what part of the wedding, etc. It's 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 really good to see that being such a big driving force of what you're doing. And I would, I would say we're pretty small and mighty. Um, the wedding media world is huge and yes. I would say our blog is small in comparison to many but I do think we are uh, really charging forward with the conversation and calling out to others um, to kind of join in and we don't necessarily we don't really see other wedding blogs as competitors we want everyone to um, be more inclusive and mindful in their content um, we are really mission first about making the industry a more open, intentional and welcoming place to all. One thing I find I struggle with is this sense of, I mean, look, there's been a lot of shit in the past that's happened with people not selling cakes to gay people and people not wanting to marry people. And I just think it's, it, it's obviously ofs, their probs, not ours, in the sense that it's their discrimination and their... It's, I feel sad that they see the they see the world in that way. But the idea that the wedding industry ha- has to evolve, but also it should evolve because people are going to make more money. I don't understand this point of going, oh, we can't, we can't be, we can't be accepting. When you go, you idiots! If you accepted everyone, more people would get married, and you would make more cash. Yeah. Wow. This stuff is so deep, and that that is something that I've heard Nova Reed of New Brides yeah. about it. That it's a business decision as well to cater to more kinds of people. It really sucks that we even have to like put a price tag on it. I think Totally. Yeah, I mean stakes are very high right now, I would say, uh both in the US and the UK around these kinds of issues of racial mm. and you find people all the time that are deeply deeply conflicted, even people who say they're feminist or even people who are on the left side of the spectrum will have complicated feelings around race and gender identity and sexual identity. And that's normal. And I, we're, we are all kind of living in these toxic systems that have created those values. It sucks that we have to tell people they'll make more money when really where we need to begin is just start unpacking all of these discriminatory beliefs that are within us. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's, you know, I mean, look, it's, as you said, it's a huge topic, but I think the fact that we're talking about it, that uh, I'm assuming a majority of my audience are very open-minded. I think that's what's great about Bride Chiller and obviously Catalyst is attracting 
um, like-minded people, but also people hopefully that can be challenged a little bit about different perspectives. One thing I wanted to go back to is sort of your wedding planning, because I always love talking to people when they start wedding businesses and then realize something's missing and they can actually give that, they can bring that thing to the industry. And, and I wanted to touch on what you were missing when you were getting hitched and that confliction. Because I know that so many bride chillers listening have talked um, and reacted really positively to episodes that I've um, done previously with the feminist bride. She's been on a few times and talked about name changing and how to retain your feminist principles, but also relax a little and enjoy what you're doing without feeling like you have to be making a point every single freaking second. How did you feel with balancing your your background? And obviously, women's studies, you've got a lot of info and understanding of where we're at with planning a wedding. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting to look back on. Um, lately, I've been thinking a lot about the power of narrative, um, specifically in politics, and being able to connect with people who might not think like you, but can hear your story and connect with you on a human level and begin to see your thought process and build empathy. And I think that's important also for us as individuals to look back on kind of where we came from and how we got to where we are. Um, and mm. yeah, thinking back on my wedding, it, it, is, it does feel somehow a bit distant from where I am now. It definitely seems dated. Um, I got married four years ago, which is not that long ago, but it was oh, me too. the height of Pinterest, which I've heard you also mention. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. The height of Pinterest. And, um, my partner, Adam, and I really loved the planning portion. Um, it was a very intentional period for us um, where we really involved a lot of our family and friends, and it felt kind of radical because we weren't seeing a whole lot of examples of that in the mass amounts of wedding media that we were consuming. So in some ways, it was quite radical. I know that a lot of people who attended our wedding had never seen anything like it. Um, <laughs> but in other ways, it very much, you know, mimicked the all the ingredients of a typical wedding. And we had mason jars and whatnot, you know. Um, <laughs> but I, what was missing? Hmm. I think I didn't see myself represented, which is funny to say as a white woman, but I didn't examples of how to be uh, intentional and true to yourself beyond your personal aesthetics or style while also making the choice to get married. So I think I had a lot of shame around the idea of planning a wedding or taking having pleasure in planning a wedding. And I, we definitely did our best to plan something that reflected us, but I have regrets about the day as well, the more I think about it. Um, like I definitely got carried away with the details and I was, I was thinking about things that I would change um, today while I was jogging and I definitely would have tried to let go. Maybe I would have give, given myself a deadline like four days before the wedding or a week before the wedding if I could to just let go of whatever was going to happen and let it happen. And mm. certainly it would have been nice to have a wedding coordinator. We really bought into the whole DIY craze and had very few actual wedding vendors at the wedding. And many of our friends and family were filling those roles. 
So put a lot. Of- we feel like I feel like we've had the same wedding. This yeah. is amazing. Same year. Put a lot same of regret. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think how you know it's definitely the wedding I wanted when I was twenty five, and it was great. And I wouldn't take it back by any means. But I mean, I remember kind of having a tense moment with my mom the morning of because I was so stressed out. And I just regret that. I didn't know how to be mindful. I didn't know how to relax. I was coming off of, you know, an intense grad school period and a year of teaching, you know, 200 students in university. And I just, I knew how to be stressed out. I didn't know how to be present and actually enjoy the fruits of our labor. And so I was still, I think, worried and trying to control throughout all of the morning of and all the pre- the preparations and it was very challenging to let go and yeah so it is interesting to reflect on that but we all have a starting point <laughs> absolutely and I think it's interesting you just said about letting go because I felt that um that by doing everything I wasn't like I'm a hero but I was just like I'll I won't make a fuss because I just kept being obsessed with not being made a fuss of for some reason, which is, I don't know, that feels like a trip to the psychologist. But (laughs) I was just like, I don't want it to be tizzy. I don't want it to be, no one make a big deal about it. We're just getting married. It's going to be fine. And I feel like we also, because we didn't have a lot of coin in our pockets anyway, we really took on a lot of physical work and DIY. And I mean, people are probably sick of me sort of saying we should have gotten a coordinator. But the idea, I, I almost wore that as a bit of a badge to go, we've worked really hard. And yeah, I got, I basically was preparing until someone told me to go and get my hair and makeup done because I was going to be late to my own wedding. And, you know, I feel like now I feel exactly the same as you. I would have probably gone back and gone, we're idiots. We should have sat around and drank champagne and relaxed all morning with our friends and not have to be hanging lanterns and sweeping exactly. like some sort of like, chimney. Sweep. Yes. Like the night before at our rehearsal dinner, I was like on the verge. <laughs> and I mean, I'm a type A person, so it's not surprising to look back on. But um, if I could give advice to friends who are wedding planning, I would. my advice would be to enjoy it, which is so simple and silly. And you can read that a million times, but um, you, you will your wedding will pass and then you'll only have memories left of the wedding. And if you were stressed and haggard um, and worried, that's what your memory will be of, of all of your work. So it's really Mm -hmm. worth it to start practicing, relaxing and letting go ahead of time and figuring out how to, to ground yourself and making the active choice to do that. Um, as much as possible because it's it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. All you'll have left are the photos and those memories. Liz is the founder, the uh, legend behind Catalyst magazine, co-creator. We don't want to forget your beautiful your beautiful co-creator, Carly. We have more uh, of the Bride Chiller podcast after this. We're talking uh, about Catalyst magazine and beyond. We were talking a little bit before about stress and uh, I, someone at work asked me about to describe Bride Chiller. I, I, I change my explanation every time people ask and I'm sure I'd like to ask you the very same question when people say, so why is Catalyst different to other wedding magazines? What do you do differently? So Liz, what is different about what you do? Is it just like the knot? <laughs> um, I would say we're different in 
It's about as many weeks as one can be. <laughs> Are you sure it's just not like Martha Stewart weddings? <laughs> um, so we're we're not consumer consumerist or oh. capitalist based to the degree that we can be. Certainly, we have ads, not many, and we we have small businesses that advertise with us in the wedding industry who are often our friends and folks we really believe in and entrepreneurs that we would love to see people support through their weddings because the wedding space is so rich for uh, women who are entrepreneurs and minorities who are entrepreneurs, and by all means, give them all your money. Um, They're great. (laughs) Yes, do. (laughs) But beyond that, we are very much a storytelling project, I would say. And so um, if you open an issue of Catalyst, you'll find everything from an article about the challenges of being in an interracial relationship in this political time um, to articles about divorce. Um, to, you know, critical conversations about the marriage contract, conversations about changing your last name as a man, um, every, everything that can spin off from the wedding process for a person you could find in Catalyst because weddings are events, yes, but they're such a rich place for personal reflection and family politics and many ways to interact with society. And um, yeah, so we find that the political systems we live in are definitely present in our personal lives and our love lives and our weddings. And we kind of want to dive into that and explore that and give more meaning to marriage in a way by asking the question, what does it mean to be married at this moment in time, if that makes sense? It does make sense. And I, my answer to people's questions is always about sort of saying, well, I like to talk about all the other stuff that you wouldn't read in The Knot probably very often. And this is no disrespect. The Knot has its place and Martha Stewart certainly has its place. So many pretty pictures. But it's not necessarily that, you know, I say I like to talk about depression and anxiety and to have, you know, why families can't communicate and why something that happened 25 years ago seems to be, you know, causing you problems in your wedding planning because people can't let go of shit. So it's all that stuff that I think can't be put into a pretty styled shoot that I think is much more interesting and meaty to talk about and hopefully give people food for thought and process in their own way. Absolutely. Um, Someone commented after just receiving the fourth issue of Catalyst that they it brought them to tears, which was oh. one of the higher compliments we've received. Yes. Today. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I'd say that's what we're going for. We're going for those moving stories um, that, you know, maybe you don't relate to, but you learn something from, or maybe you read it and you think, wow, I feel the exact same way. And I've never, you know, found a story that can be so open about such a sensitive topic. Um, sometimes the topics we discuss are completely taboo. Like on the website, we have articles around uh, sex and reproductive rights as well, um, kind of spinning out of the marriage conversation. And, you know, we talk about people's abortion stories, any any story related to, you know, trying to live in a partnership or uh, building your own identity in a relationship or building a family. I mean, these conversations could go on and on and on. And we just want to capture a glimmer of all those rich topics. 
I mean, that's probably, as you said, the greatest compliment ever that someone said it brought me to tears. And to be able to affect someone in that way is pretty powerful. What are some of the stories that when you first started publishing that you went, oh, I don't know if this is going to fly. Did you have those moments of thinking, I don't know if this is for a wedding magazine? Or were you like, gung-ho, this is exactly what I want to do? Oh, absolutely. I think we came to a point, maybe after we published volume two, where I was looking at um, our third partner, Jen, who's our creative director. And she and I actually live together. I live in her house. <laughs> we live Do you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's catalyst all the time. But yeah, wow. I remember looking at her and saying, like, I think it's the catalyst clubhouse. By <laughs> yeah. yeah. We call it the catalyst commune. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I looked at her and I said, okay, we need to make a choice and we have to figure out who we're catering to. Are we catering to. Um, you know, sort of the white bride who's maybe left of center, who's looking for a more down-to-earth approach to weddings, um, who's comfortable with the word feminism, or are we really going to push the boundaries and actually challenge this space and, uh, you know, publish stories about gender identity and queer identity and race and conversations that are more challenging for people to have and how all those things play out in relationships, um, we might narrow our audience, but it's what we believe in. And so we went in that direction. And I mean, it's been a huge learning process all along the way. What we're really doing is welcoming people into the fold and elevating other people's voices who are um, representatives of the many communities that we are hoping, hoping to have dialogue with. And so there are, there are publications out there specifically targeted at uh, Black women and Black brides, for instance, like Muna Lucci or Black Bride. Um, mm, and those are great. amazing resources. I would say what's a little different about us is that we are trying to have a lot of different conversations. We're talking about race, we're talking about sexuality, we're talking about feminism, and we really want Catalyst to be a place where people can come together to hear each other and also feel supported. It's it's a bold move, but a great move, and I'm, I think what you are doing, we should be doing in leaps and bounds in so many other areas of uh, society. However, we uh, can only do what we can do, and uh, you should be very proud. I, I sound like a mum. Liz, you should be very proud of what you've been doing. How patronizing can I sound? Thank you. I appreciate um Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I'm very proud of, of Catalyst. I'm Catalyst would be nothing without the community of people that supports it and the contributors and the folks who are like, Yeah, this is a good idea and I do wanna participate. And I really do just feel like uh Catalyst is its own being and I'm just kind of lucky to be a part of it and uh, yeah it's my greatest joy so I'm really humbled by the whole experience. (laughs) That's the best thing ever to hear someone say that I mean there's not many people like you meet in the day to go what I do is my greatest joy and the people I surround myself with so fucking hats off to you Uh, and more people should be saying that I wish we all could say that. (laughs) Bride Chiller is also a joy I just don't want to like be Debbie Downer I love Bride Chiller just wish I didn't have to go my day job. (laughs) Um, oh, I like my day job. Sorry, day job people. But, you know, there's not enough time in the day for all this stuff. I'm so impressed um, that you balance both. Hats off to you. Boy. That's cute. 
Well, look, balance is a very interesting word that I think <laughs> needs to be explored. I, just before we started recording, I said to you, I've just come from the dentist and I found, I went to the dentist last week and uh, he's a very good looking dentist. And I did say to Rich, this probably the most handsome dentist, um, but he said, oh, do you clench your teeth or grind your teeth? I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit of a clencher. And he said, you clench a lot because you've broken three fillings with oh your clenching. Gosh. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is not a good sign of about stress. <laughs> so this is very sexy. Just talking about just getting it all out there. I had to have today the three fillings to fix the broken teeth from my clenching at night. And I had a silicon cast made of my teeth for a very sexy mouth guard I'm going to wear at night. Nice. <laughs> Hey, I think it's important to talk about this stuff because entrepreneurs are so stressed out. I mean, they are. I we absolutely have to talk about it. Uh, I'm I'm stressed. Jen is stressed. Um, it sounds. I've got no teeth. <laughs> we're, I'm going to be like teeth free soon. I know it sounds fun to like live in a house together, and it is. It's great. Um, we're we're great roommates, but it also creates kind of this like cycle of stress too, where we can really feed off of each other where you know one person got an email that stressed them out and then that kind of sets the tone for the whole day and yes I mean, we, we are a small team that has tried to manage a lot and I would say we've put too much on our plates and sometimes come up short and in projects like ours you really really should do you should handle things with mindfulness and care and it's not cool to like go about a social justice project willy-nilly and flying by the seat of your pants so we uh yeah we we feel you (laughs) yeah well my mouth guard and I thank you you know I I, look I don't think either of us want to go oh we're we're heroes we're out there we're working really hard because there's so many about people out there working jobs they don't like and not having a good time and can't feed their families um but it is you know great to care that much and I'm I'm delighted that you know we can we can hopefully contribute and provide value and help people with their wedding planning basically and their life perspectives now Liz if people would like to get in touch where do we start if they would like to learn more about Catalyst and get in touch with them and get involved in the community as you said great community Oh, thank you. Yes, we would love contributions. We're always looking for content and new stories. And often we find them because people read something and they're like, oh, that really resonated with me because of X, Y, and Z. And we're like, well, could you write about that? And everyone has a story that we're that we're interested in. So that would be wonderful. Um, we accept submissions at submissions at catalystwedco.com. Or you can find us on our website, catalystwedco.com, or on social media at catalystwedco. Yeah, and your Instagram, I'm, I'm always, you know, like just going a bit gaga over your social media. I like everything because yeah. I genuinely like everything. Yeah, we know a lot of great photographers, so we are privileged for that. <laughs> And a big tip to people who, you know, sometimes people write to me and say, I can't find a vendor. I don't know what, how to find, please help me. And I would personally love to be able to help everyone locate the dream vendors. But can I suggest if you connect, and I was thinking about this today, looking at your Instagram feed, 
as you say, you've got lots of great photographers on board. I the best best tip I can give people is saying find great Instagram accounts from you know Catalyst and a Practical Weddings, another one I really love. They share you know really good good vendors that they respect, and you're not sharing people's stuff that you don't think believe in their work. It's a really good way to find people obvious statement but i just got a couple of messages today with people going can you help me and i was like i want to help you but i've got no teeth <laughs> you can only i've got to go to work <laughs> i've got to go to work i've got no teeth i've got to make a podcast i love you all but please find your photographer <laughs> oh my gosh being a digital bridesmaid that's a that's a big demand well, that's right. I'm in a virtual bridesmaid and I, I do genuinely want to be there for each and every one of the people. But I want to say, if you if just go on some Instagrams, follow the links, I promise you'll find a great photographer. <laughs> yeah, we have a great vendor directory and a practical wedding has a great vendor directory. And I would say there's a lot of intersections there with really amazing photographers all over this country. So yeah, yep. that's great. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> I will stop talking about my teeth. Uh, Liz, thank you so much for sharing this time with me. Thank you so much for welcoming us into the Bradshaw Fold. Woohoo! You are always welcome. You are always welcome. Happy days! The Bride Chilla Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014. 